What is up, you guys? I hope you're having an amazing, incredible day. Welcome to the Happy Bod Squad podcast. We are so stinking excited to be launching this all new feature for you ladies. Every single week, a new episode coming out with myself and the coaches just teaching you all the things health, fitness, nutrition, mindset related. And this first week, what we really want to focus on is just getting to know the coaches better. I know that you know your coach like the back of your hand, just like she knows you like the back of her hand. And I want you to get to know the other coaches too, as they all create a really amazing, incredible, well balanced team. So today we're going to be having some fun <laughs> getting to know coach Rio in the house. So what's up coach Rio? How you doing? Jen, I'm fantastic as per usual. I'm super excited to do this. This is going to be a very fun little treat, I think for everyone. Um, so I'm ready to hop in and like give some good info. All right, well, let's do it. Let's get it started. And so Rio, before we even dive into content today, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your background and how you even wound up in the health and fitness industry to begin with? Yeah, so um, let's see. I have found myself in the past working all types of odd end jobs for the sake of trying to figure out what my calling was. And so I always knew that I wanted to help people. I've always had like that coach persona. Like I've always been the the person that my friends go to for advice or like things like that. And so I was always the one just willing to help, right? It, whether it's to help you move to a new apartment all the way down to, yeah, I need some advice about like what you think about the situation, right? And so I've always had that, I think, in me um, as far as just my personality. And I found myself working in my customer service and doing things where I thought it would be helpful, right? But it wasn't fulfilling actually at the end of the day for me, right? I wanted something deeper and like something with some more meaning. So I became a personal trainer <laughs> and I did not come up with that very easily or quickly. I will say <laughs> I went to college for something completely different. And obviously, like I said, I worked all these different jobs that had nothing to do with the health and fitness industry for a lot of years. And I happened to fall into doing yoga. I ended up doing yoga every single day for a while, just for like my own personal fulfillment, obviously. And it got to a point to where I was like, well, I just want to do this every day. Like, I just want to do this for a living, right? I got into yoga and I started going to the gym. I went to the gym all the time, right? I always ate pretty well. Um, and so that was always nice. I kind of always had a basic understanding of food, like good, well-rounded food, nutrition paired with like good exercise and just moving your body. So I always had that understanding. And so I got to a point to where that was so much a part of my personal life. I wanted to make that a part of my professional life. And so I decided, Hey, I want to figure out how I can get paid to do this. Like I want to figure out how I can help other people live well and be happy and have balance and, and have that encouragement and feel like motivated to do what they love as well. And I've 
felt like, and I still feel this way, that you can find that through prioritizing your health, right? Um, so I ended up going to getting my personal training certification. So that's from NASM, that's the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And that eventually rolled into getting a 200 hour yoga certified instructor certification as well. And that rolled into a nutrition certification and then like a whole slew of other specializations. And so boom, now I'm here with Jen and the crew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What a cool story though, because it's something that it just kind of happened very naturally and organically. It's not like you didn't always know that you wanted to be a personal trainer. You didn't always know that you wanted to be into coaching, but helping people was always a passion and a skill set of yours. And I think that coaches really are a truly unique breed because we are the helpers. We are the person that friends and family typically go to for advice. We are the person that's following up with people kind of chasing after them, so to speak, just making sure, Hey, what do you need? How can I help you? Mm -hmm. What is it that's going to help improve your life? Because I just care about you. And I think that's the thing that I love and respect about coaches so much is we're in this industry because we're just passionate about helping other people. And I know for me, when I wound up interviewing you and bringing you onto the team, you know, this Martina knows this. I only planned on hiring one coach at that point in time at Jen's gym, but I just fell so deeply in love with the both of you. I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. I'm going to hire both of them. It's going to be fine. I trust the universe because you both brought in such a fun and unique and complimentary energy. And I think the thing that I noticed about you was just how smooth and calming and relaxing your voice was to listen to. And I was like, I like this girl's energy. Um, Because, you know, I'm not super into astrology. You're way more into it (laughs) than I am. When people ask me my sign, (laughs) I tell them I'm an asparagus. I always think that Mercury is in Gatorade. Like, I am not the astro girl, but you are such a classic, typical Taurus, which is probably why we get along so well, because same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, you know... I'd also be super curious, was there anyone in your life who kind of served as an inspiration for you as well when deciding to get into personal training and personal development? Um, Yes, but not initially. So I, um, I just kind of, like I said, decided on a whim. I was like, going into work one day on my regular job and like I started crying on my way to work because I knew like this was it for me like I had reached my final like straw by I felt like I was not living like my authentic self right I was just having a job going to work day to day just for the sake of being a responsible adult right I need this job it's great it's a good job I get benefits I pay me money I pay my bills great I'm a good like responsible adult right Right. Um, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, no, but there has to be more, you know, there has to mm-hmm. be more. And um, so, yeah, I was crying on the way into work one day and my loving partner was like, girl, why are you crying? <laughs> like, we're just, I, he was dropping me off at work and um, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to go here. Like, I just need to find something else to do with my life because I know this isn't it. I don't know what it is, but I know this isn't it. And so, yeah, I decided to explore the route of becoming a personal trainer and getting into that whole bit and so I had been doing it for a few years and when you become a personal trainer initially you have to get your feet wet right like you gotta like 
as you're going through like your education part of it, like you want to get some hands-on training. And so my friends and my family became like my test dummies. <laughs> oh, um, as they do. <laughs> and, um, and so I became hyper-focused on my mom. So my mom, um, I would give her little things to do here and they're like, here's some stretches, here's how to foam roll, right? Here's some basic like squats and things like that to do, you know, staying on top of her, let's go out, make sure you're getting out for walks and things like that. And just kind of giving her some tips and things. Um, but my mom had panic hypertension and for a lot of years she stopped monitoring it. So then she ended up having mm. a stroke. Um, wow. And it was a it was a level four stroke, which is like, there's only five levels. So she was at level four. And so she ended up being wow. hospitalized for probably three months or so she was in the hospital. Um, and so for a while, like, I think that I, uh, I, I almost carried a little bit of guilt because I felt like, oh, well, I was helping her, but maybe it wasn't enough, you know, like maybe I could have done like, I don't know, something yeah. more, you know? And, um, and so what I did though, I felt like it was my responsibility. Once she got out of the hospital, I had her come and live with me for a year and I helped take care of her. Like I helped change her food. I helped make sure that she went to rehab. Um, I, you know, I was her little in-home therapist too. I would give her her exercises because when she came from the hospital, she wasn't able to move basically all of her right side. So she couldn't walk, she couldn't use wow. her right arm, any of that stuff. So, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to help you get better. Like, that's what I'm like, I'm going to do this. And so, and so we did, you know? And so when she came home the first month, she was on so many medications, like, oh my God. And like I said, she could barely walk or move. So I like physically had to like maneuver her to do things. Like I had to help oh her get up and I had to help her like get in the shower and go to the bathroom and things like that. And so it was a lot. Um, but I was grateful that I had the knowledge that I had though, because I think that otherwise I wouldn't Absolutely. have been able to help her as much as I did. So with that, so I helped her with that. We did, um, we, I made sure that she went to her therapy appointments and made sure that she was actually practicing her therapy exercises. Yes. At home. Uh -huh. I was like, I was definitely like, I was, I probably got on her nerves. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I didn't care. I didn't care. Um, but yeah, so we did that and then I changed her diet. I changed her diet. And that was the biggest thing because she was like the first few months when she came home, she was in a wheelchair and she was relying mainly on me to help her move until she got better with her movement through therapy. And so I'm like, well, we have to get her healthier though. In the meantime, cause I don't like all of these pills that she's on. She is overweight. So she does need to lose some weight and that's going to help with things too. So I'm like, what can we do? She can't exercise more than just her therapy appointments right now. So what can we do? So I changed right. her food. And so we modified her food to make sure that she has had much more well-balanced, like much more like, you know, just fresh foods, not processed. We cooked every single day. Um, very, very diligent about like sodium intake, fresh foods intake, right. Having lots and lots of like fresh, fresh, fresh vegetables and all of that stuff. Right. Um, and so I got her to end up losing like 20 pounds through the whole process. And mm -hmm. most of that came from the first half of her sit, which is where she couldn't even move. So it had nothing to do with her exercise. It had everything to do mm -hmm. with her just her diet and then in a few more months like as like she would have her doctor's visits we were able to dwindle down her millions of medications down to now just one so now she wow. just has one blood pressure medication and she's on the lowest dose and even to this day like I'll call her and be like did you check your blood pressure today like 
What's your mm-hmm. medications like? Like, do you need me to send you some vitamins? Like, let me see your refrigerator. What did you buy at the store? You know, like I'm still amazing. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Every time I talk to her, but um, I just feel like it's one of those things where from that experience, I learned that it's super important to be proactive with your health yeah. as opposed to reactive. So yeah. yeah, I mean, she's still partially paralyzed, so she still needs some help. Um, but mm-hmm. for the most part, she lives on her own. Um, she takes care of herself. She does what she needs to do. And I think that we've all learned, like I said, it's, it's when you're, when you're going on like a health and fitness journey, like it definitely needs to be more than like surface level, right? Like yeah. it, you can't just like, I just want to look good for swimsuit season. Like it has mm-hmm. to be something deeper attached to it because as life goes on, you have to be able to continue to monitor what goes on on the inside of you, not just how the outside looks. So my mom be, became unfortunately, but fortunately like a source of inspiration for me to like keep going and like to keep doing what I'm doing because like I right. said, okay, those are the types of people that I want to help. I want to help the people who want to be proactive about their health mm-hmm. before something bad happens because that experience yeah. as strong as I am from it, I would not wish that on anybody to have to go through. So Right. That was a long story, but no, I mean, (laughs) it's a really important story to share, right? Because I think it can be really easy to focus on what are the short-term benefits of health and fitness, you know, eating right, exercising, focusing on your mindset. And we sometimes forget, Hey, by the way, this is about more than just fitting into a pair of jeans or fitting into a bathing suit or taking a cute selfie. This is really about long-term health and lifelong longevity because a lot of clients in the program they're either moms or they want to become moms or they want to start families build families like a lot of our clients they want to live long healthy high quality lives with life expectancy now getting into 80s 90s even 100 by the Mm -hmm. time that we hit our 90s 100 is probably going to be the average life expectancy and so we want to live a high quality life 30 years from now 50 years from now, 70 years from now, in addition to also just being able to enjoy our 20s, our 30s, and our 40s. And there is really something to be said about preventative care versus Mm -hmm. reactive care, Mm -hmm. right? Because there are so many people where if they've gone through a severe medical trauma, almost, or even just a severe medical experience, and you ask, hey, if you knew that doing XYZ would have prevented this, would you have acted differently? I'm sure a lot of them would say yes. And I'm sure for you as a coach, it gives you a very powerful why of, hey, I'm doing this for more than just helping people get into shape. I'm quite literally saving lives and saving Mm -hmm. lifestyles. And so it just gives you such strong conviction when showing up to work every single day. And I remember the story about your mom on our interview was something that really inspired me where I was like, holy crap. (laughs) <laughs> and how cool is it? Because how many people have also had the experience that you and your mom went through and then changed nothing about their lifestyle afterwards? Like, okay, right. well, I had this event happen and I'm just going to go back to mm-hmm. my old ways. One of my best friend's mom is a registered dietitian. And when she was sharing with me about going through her clinical year, one of her biggest complaints about being an RD is she had to work with and help people who didn't actually want to change. It was Mm. people who were being hospitalized Mm -hmm. for different diseases, disorders, et cetera. And 
like they knew the clear cut steps that they needed to take to help that person get better. They gave them the plan and this person's health insurance was paying for it too. So it's not even as if they were mm -hmm. paying out of pocket, but the person didn't want to change. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the thing that I love so much about coaching personally is that our clients really fucking want this. Yeah. They like you there. guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, like you guys listening, like you're putting so much on the line to be here, right? Mm -hmm. You're putting skin in the game financially. You're dedicating time. You're dedicating energy. You're coming to calls. You're listening to these podcasts. You're watching your modules. You're doing your workouts. You're tracking your macros. Like you are fighting for mm -hmm. this life. And that makes myself, Coach Rio, the other coaches, that makes us want to fight for you guys too. Yeah. So Rio, yeah. what is your favorite part about being a coach? <clears throat> um, you know what? Ironically, it's like the vulnerability aspect that it requires to do something like this, right? Hmm. Because just like even what you were saying people's willingness levels to do this, it's challenging to decide to do something like this. Besides just doing the work, the actual decision to change your lifestyle and create healthy habits, it's challenging to come to that realization and that desire and like that willingness level. And part of that challenge, I think, is because you're deciding now to be vulnerable with what mm. you need help with, mm -hmm. right? Like, you're not just you, because I say this all the time, whether it's personal training, whether it's health coaching, nutrition coaching, whatever, like you have to be comfortable with me as your coach. And you have to let me know what's going on with you in order for me to help you. Right. Like you and I can't just sit here and have a 30 minute session. And it's super surface level, because if I don't understand what's bothering you, right. If you're having challenges with taking certain actions, I can't just say, well, you need to do it. You just need to do it. You can't just say that that's like put that blanket statement over, you have to understand yeah. well, why is this person not doing something? Mm -hmm. You know, you're not being like, you know, rebellious against what your plan is on purpose. Of course you right. want to be better, but realistically we're human and we have challenges and we face certain things and you have to be able totally. to be comfortable, like with your coach mm -hmm. and with the situation to be open about what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, what's going on with you in different areas of your life even right that may not seem yeah. to have anything to do with your health and so when this is like one of those jobs where you do have those deep-rooted connections and you can only do this and I and I know that only the best coaches are the ones that have that deep-rooted connection and understanding mm. of that important part of it because that is my favorite part my favorite part is being able to connect with individuals on a much more intentional and deep-rooted level because at the end of the day I think first of all that's just what we need as humans right it's just mm -hmm. to have that support and to have that connection with someone even if we don't have a great support system but secondly it's like by doing that you're creating a better life for yourself and so yeah. it's like it's the most important like your health is I tell all of my clients your health is your biggest life responsibility because you can't do anything without it right and it's, it's sometimes the most challenging though and so you know, the, the willingness level that you have to have to be vulnerable with initially a complete stranger <laughs> to help you do this and you right. having to be willing to talk about your challenges and your struggles and your insecurities in order mm -hmm. to be better, like that's the best part because that's what we all need is just that moment to have to be able to be open with someone so you can 
feel that help and feel that love. And not for nothing, all of the stuff is relatable. I may not be on a weight loss journey, but I know that what it feels like to be insecure in your body and to not feel confident, right? And the fact yeah. that you may not be able to reach these goals. And so it's always mm-hmm. nice to be able to relate to someone on that aspect too. So absolutely. Right. Cause we're all on our own journey, even if our journeys look different at the end of the day. And I want to backtrack on something that you said earlier about challenges, right? And vulnerability. What do you feel is one of the most common challenges that you see with clients? Because I think one thing that a lot of clients struggle with is feeling like they're alone and they're the only Mm -hmm. person who's ever struggled with blank. They're the only person who's ever struggled with family pressure or judgment or stress. or the only person who's ever struggled with hitting their protein or workout Mm -hmm. motivation. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we can normalize it and the less shame and guilt and embarrassment we can build. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are like one or two really common challenges that you see with clients that you want to normalize on today's call? Yeah. Um, So the first thing would be limiting beliefs. Mm. Um, I think that's a, that's a big one because I've had people that I've even done like with personal training, I've trained for four or five years that still struggle with limiting beliefs. People that have like been doing this for several years Mm -hmm. and they're still not quite sure they're going to make it when it comes to their goals. And a lot of it has to do with once you recognize the challenge or once you recognize what all of this really entails, right? Like when you go on a health journey, and you start to recognize it's not just about food and exercise and it starts to get a little deeper than you expected, mm-hmm. then I think you start to recognize like some limiting beliefs, right? And the fact that maybe I won't make this, right? Or maybe getting yeah. eight, uh, you know, some people have said, hey, getting seven hours of sleep is impossible for me. I just can't, right? I have kids, I have a busy life. Like you just, mm-hmm. I can't do it, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, I've been overweight my whole life. So that's just what it's going to be. My whole family is like this and that's just how I am, right? And mm-hmm. so- I'm a firm believer that what you think you are, that you are, right? And mm-hmm. so just mm-hmm. like just like the quote, right? Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right, right? Yep, I love and that we quote. Talk, <laughs> we talk about it all the time and it's so true and it's not until you have that encouragement and that support system and you start to see those changes, then mm-hmm. your mindset starts to shift and then that opens up a whole world for you that you didn't recognize was there. Um, but the limiting beliefs I think is, is a huge one. Um, and then, and then probably secondly, just overcoming, um, misinformation, honestly, right. Like Uh we diet culture, has like a real strong hold, I think on like most of society, probably (laughs) at least here in America. Yeah. And so there's so many like straight up misinformation like so much misinformation out there Mm -hmm. and it sucks because me as your coach like I look at the things that you know our clients have tried in the past because they googled something or a friend said this or their favorite like social media you know person Mm -hmm. is like I'm doing this and this is perfect and this is what you should do and it works for everyone and right (laughs) (laughs) Uh and then it's like you know, and it's like carbs are bad. All right. You know, so there's all these things and, um, they're much more saturated than Mm -hmm. what we teach, you know? And so 
there's a lot of unlearning that has to be done that I noticed first and then relearning like the proper holistic, like balanced way Mm -hmm. of leading a healthy lifestyle. But that misinformation is like a huge one, I think for a lot of people as well. Yeah. And the misinformation, I would agree because there's so many weight loss myths and fat loss fallacies and gimmicks Mm -hmm. out there that are really rigged against the individual, you know, because these fad diets like keto or Atkins, low carb, low fat, whole 30 Mm -hmm. paleo, like a lot of these diets, here's the thing, right? They were invented with well intentions. Like the keto diet was initially intended for people who had brain health problems and needed to regulate that area of their body. And then they found, oh, hey, and by the way, this person's losing weight now. Let's turn it into a fad diet, That's right? Whole30, yeah. paleo. Those are created for people with autoimmune diseases and autoimmune disorders. And then they were like, oh, hey, but this also causes you to lose weight because you're cutting out a lot of processed foods. And so they take something that's built for 1% of the population and then right. push that agenda onto the 99% of the population where that diet's actually not the best fit for them. And because it's not the best fit for them from a health perspective, they fail. Yeah. Because why would you follow something that was incredibly restrictive if you didn't need me to. to follow it? Yeah. And, you know, that's my biggest beef with all of these diets is like, yeah. if you need to follow keto, whole 30, paleo, even something vegetarian or vegan for just personal values and philosophies, follow it. And if you're following a specific diet for weight loss, Mm-hmm. It's not the, not the best course of action that's yeah. going to benefit you most over the long term. Yeah, and so I know you've been a trainer for many, many years now, and you've been on Team Jen's Gym for what, like almost nine months? Like we're going to come yeah. up on our one year anniversary <laughs> before you know it. What is your favorite part about being a part of this team? Did you ever imagine when you were? you know, diving into personal training? Like, did you ever imagine being on a team like this? Oh, absolutely not. Because like a little thing about me, for some reason, I fall into things in life that tends to be like male dominated. Um, Mm. Like I was a musician for most of my life, except for dance. I did dance and that's the only thing. But as a musician, I went to school for audio production and I worked for the music industry for a little bit. Like that's a male dominated industry. All my classes were male dominated, like all of that stuff, right? Like one Mm -hmm. of the instruments I played were the drums and they'd be like, oh, you play the drums out of all instruments. That's the one you, yeah. And so I do these, I've done these things in my life. And so again, deciding to be a personal trainer with the idea that I'm going to be working in a gym, a gym is a male dominated industry as well, right? Totally. um and so yeah I've had lots of guys like (laughs) that I work with or like I'm around Uh all of the time um which is like totally fine um so I like obviously went into this profession with that understanding like this is probably going to be how my life is and so it is what it is it's fine and um I think I've told you this before like finding gin gyms like a unicorn because um part of the reason why I stopped working in gyms and just created my own personal training business was because I didn't like the politics behind it. Right. Like I didn't like the idea that 
my morals and how I wanted to help people didn't fall in line with the business need. I'm doing yeah. air quotes for those who can't see me. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> air quotes. Um, and so that was kind of like where I was. And I literally just happened, I can't remember if I told you this part, Jen, but like I just happened to be like scrolling on Indeed because like part of my personal training background, like I've done small group coaching, large group coaching. I've trained anyone from like your high school soccer player to like your 81 year old grandma, anybody in between. Mm-hmm. And so um, part of like, one thing that I did love was like group training. Like I love teaching classes. And so one day I was just scrolling on, on Indeed, like, oh, let me see if I can maybe pick up teaching some classes, like maybe on the weekends or once or twice a week or whatever the case is. Um, and just like, see what pops up. And then Jen's gym pops up and I was reading the description. I'm like, well, this can't be real because that's (laughs) not how the health industry works. Right. Um, Right. (laughs) So clearly it it was, that's, I was like, oh, this was a unicorn. Um, and it's been like really unreal literally since day one, which it's one of those things where, um, I was reading a book that, that was talking about like how to keep joy in your life. And one of those things is obviously practicing gratitude and like what you're grateful for and just making sure a day doesn't go by acknowledging the things that you're grateful for and the good that you have going on in your life. And this is one of those things because it's, it's finally somewhere that I can join like-minded, amazing individuals that want to help people in that align in the same way that I want to help people. Um, it's not about like, well, let's just see how much money we can get from them. And then, you know, you know, oh, this yeah. and that, or if they can't afford it, oh, well, forget them because, you know, cause I used to have that. I used to have like ladies who were like post-cancer who came in and said, my doctor told me I need to lose a hundred pounds. And if I don't, like I'm at a much higher risk of getting my cancer back and I'm not going to survive it this time. And I have to tell those ladies, oh, I can't help you because the rules of the gym, this and that, this and that. Right. And so I just always wanted to find some place where, um, we, we led, we led client first, right? Like Mm -hmm. we led with the idea that we're here to first help people and we'll figure out the logistics if we need to. Right. Yep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's what we do, you know, Uh and like all the coaches, including you, Jim, like everyone's so amazing about keeping the client centered, like keeping client centered, keeping the client Mm -hmm. first, because again, that should be what it's about. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, in our opinion, at least. Um, And so that's what I do love is just like, the, the sisterhood that we have allows totally. us to also come to work happy every day. And it translates into us showing up energetically and positively for our clients every single day. And us just, just radiating what we believe into our work. Um, and it's just so nice seeing everyone's individual personality be so freaking amazing, but in its own way. And so it's just like a conglomerate of like rainbows and unicorns and like bunny rabbits. <laughs> I agree. (laughs) Um, No, and I mean, it's so cool for me to kind of get to hear that perspective from you as well, right? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to think of me as your boss. And it's like, even I'm thinking about clients listening to this podcast, they're like, oh yeah, Jen is technically like Coach Rio's boss. But it's like, I would never call myself that because instead we're more peers, we're more colleagues. And it's like, maybe leader would be an appropriate word, but I've always believed in the hands-off form of leadership where it's like, let me empower you and let you do your job the way that you want. Right. Like 
Rio knows best, have a freaking intense hiring process. It takes us months to hire <laughs> each new coach, quite literally. It takes months to train. And just focusing on people who have the biggest heart, I feel is really the most important thing. It's like clients, think about the process that you had to go through just to end up in the happy bod squad. You had to fill out two applications, get on two calls, watch videos, submit photos. It's like, now imagine the process that we put you on to be on the freaking staff. Like yeah. I get so many clients that are like, wow, I feel like I'm interviewing for a job. And I'm like, I know, imagine what those actually interviewing for a job feel like. Uh, <laughs> and it's because, you know, pro company culture and program culture to me are the most important thing. You know, one of my favorite quotes or quotes or lessons or metaphors, whatever the heck you want to call it. English was not my major. So using the specific terminology, not going to happen here. Um, it's the story about the heart cells in a Petri dish, right? You know this, you learned about it at NLP. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, a bunch of scientists did sciencey things. And somehow, some way, if you take a heart cell out of a heart, it continues to beat at the heartbeat of the heart that it was removed from. And if you take heart cells from multiple, let's say a dozen different hearts and you put them in the same Petri dish, the other 11 cells are going to start beating to the rhythm of the strongest heartbeat. And so being in a group of people who all have equally amazing, beautiful, strong, vibrant, and just radiant heartbeats it allows us to be in our zone of genius. It allows us to serve our clients at the highest, most powerful level. And I think one of the cool things is that our clients, like they just really freaking want to be here. They yeah. want this, right? We talked about this earlier. Um, and so it's this cycle of inspiration and dedication and motivation on both ends that I know makes me really excited. And so as we wrap up today, uh, I want to know, I think my last question for you is simply like, what is one thing that you wish your clients knew or that you wish they just asked you more about as a coach so that you could better serve them and that they could have the best happy bod squad experience? Yeah. Um, I think that, and it's, it's so interesting to even say this because like you and Christine do such a good job at like making sure people understand what they're getting into when they're coming into the squad and people get super excited to meet us. And it's so nice doing the orientation and like, they're already like, yeah, Jen told me about you. Like, I'm super excited. Like, let's go. Right. And mm -hmm. I think another thing that I wish that on the flip side, almost that, um, I get asked more about is like, what is the, what are the challenges going to be like mm -hmm. when it comes to mm -hmm. this journey, you know? because we have people here for 12 months, right? Sometimes even 15 months. And, and right. I think it's, it's hugely necessary in a lot of cases because there are lots of ups and downs on a journey like this. I call yes. them peaks and valleys, right? Sometimes you're at a peak, sometimes you're at a valley. And mm -hmm. I think in a lot, of, a lot of times it comes on and it feels unexpected for some of the clients, right? Like it, when they're having a down moment, like, it really kind of takes them, you know, like, man, like, why am I not getting this? Like, why do I feel so overwhelmed? Or why, why am I not able to do this perfectly? Right. Yep. <laughs> yes. The perfectionist mindset. 
if I'm not you know? perfect, then I don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly. And so, and that's the truth about a journey like this is because you're doing something in a way that you haven't before. And that's the part that I think is not lost in translation, but it's not realized mm-hmm. until the journey starts, right? It's like, sure, you've done a weight loss program before, but not, not like this. You know what I mean? You haven't done a health no. program like this. No way. And so, yeah. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like, why am I not perfect at this? Like, why are my days not going the way I want them to? Or why can't I perfect my food? And why can't I like get enough sleep? Like, you know, like my coach is telling me these are the things that I need to do. And why can't I do it? And this sucks. And then you get down on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is just understanding like, no, that's normal. And it should be a part of the process, right? Because you learn from the challenges. If everything were easy, yep. then we we wouldn't be here to do it, yeah. you know, to do this in the first place. So um, that is one thing that I do. I would like to hear more of is like, okay, realistically, what support do I have when I'm having a challenging moment? Like how, you know, should, who do I reach out to or what should I do? What do you recommend when I'm having a challenging moment? whenever that happens, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of times some people, they internalize those challenges and then they withdraw, right? Instead of mm-hmm. like feeling comfortable mm-hmm. enough to lean into their coach and lean into the, the, the program and lean into the community that we have built yeah. here. Um, and because that's some people's nature and that's fine, you know? And totally. that, that's, but that's what we're here to help with though. We're here to help with the challenging moments. And exactly, I think I think they know that, but when the time comes and it's happening, like in the moment, it's mm-hmm. different. So um, yeah, a hundred percent. Right. Cause when a client um, starts to get overwhelmed and kind of taking a look at life priorities, career, relationship, household, family, et cetera, physical health. I feel like physical health often gets put at the bottom yeah. of that list. When in reality, the whole point of this program is to help you prioritize your physical health when everything is busy. We assume that you're going to be super mm-hmm. busy with your job. We assume you're going to be really busy with your personal life, whether it's career, relationship, moving, buying a house, you know, all these different things. And those are the times to lean in instead mm-hmm. of leaning back. Mm-hmm. And I feel a lot of clients lean back when they get really busy and overwhelmed instead of asking for that support because you are very independent, right? And you're used to just counting on yourself and you're used to doing your own thing because you've never been in a program like this before. Mm -hmm. So I think just reminding clients listening to this call right now, this podcast call, whatever, um, lean in when you get stressed, lean in when you get overwhelmed, use us as a resource to keep that momentum going because it is so much harder to come back after Mm -hmm. you've disappeared. We always welcome you back with open arms. We're so excited when we hear from you after maybe a week or two weeks, or sometimes even a month in some rare cases, we're always so excited to welcome you back with open arms. And we find even the clients though, who take the 30 seconds to send us a message that just says, hey, I'm still here, but I'm really busy. Those are the clients who show up because if they're taking 30 seconds to send you a message, maybe they're taking five minutes to go for a walk or 15 minutes to prep a super basic meal or 30 minutes to prep all their lunches for the week and just do like tuna salads, things that are very, very basic. It's like, if you're feeling busy and overwhelmed, your coach has the skills and the tool sets to help you with that overwhelm, to optimize your workouts, to cut the time in half for when you don't have time for a whole workout, to 
cut the meal prep responsibilities down to show you meal delivery services or Trader Joe's hacks. If you have Trader Joe's near you, Mm -hmm. uh, all these different tools and resources. So Rio, I want to thank you so much for your time today, sharing your story, sharing your experience. I'm obviously so glad that you're on the team. Any client (laughs) uh, who has interacted with you knows why we're so excited to have you. And I'm so excited for this podcast and all the amazing, incredible episodes to come. So I want to thank you so much. It has been my absolute pleasure. I cannot wait for more. I hope you guys enjoyed this first little episode. (laughs) Yes. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you're listening to the replay, send Rio a message and say, Hey, listen to the replay. Your story is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And ladies until next week, just remember the best is yet to come.